Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man here, and I'm swinging by the GeekCast Radio Network. Boom. No, <laughs> you sound like me before we shoot away for. Thank you. You're the first person in a long time that's laughed at that. I, oh my I, god, uh, I've been doing that for years. Where I usually just slap myself, but lately I've just been adding in the ow at the end. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> wake up, wake up, ow. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe you should play something else. There is nothing wrong with your podcast player. Do not attempt to adjust the volume. Hello and welcome to Studio 2009. I am, of course, TFG and Mike. And for our latest podcast approach in this new year, yes, folks, we are in January of 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. Here's hoping 2023 is better than the last year that we had. But today, for podcast approach, I welcome Mr. Ellis Rovin. Ellis is a professor of audio, and in creating sounds for clients, he tailors each sound to its fullest and giving every project he works on a unique sonic character. Ellis is also the audio man for MKBHD and the Waveform Podcast. Ellis, you've been rehearsing real hard now, so Santa's going to bring you a new saxophone, baby. Oh, my God. Wow, you really did your research. Okay, damn. <laughs> as soon as I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't Bruce Springsteen say that in Santa Claus is coming? Into I'm like, yep, <laughs> tie, tie that in. There you go. I can't think of, like, anywhere on anywhere that it says I play saxophone. Uh, so nice. It's in your, it's in your bio. It's either in your bio or on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, oops. it's in, oh. it's in one of them. <laughs> Guess I need to update it. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. But yes, Ellis is uh, here and I have been listening to when he is off and on, on the MKBHD uh, waveform podcast with Marquez Brownlee and Andrew Maganelli and David Amell and Adam. What is Adam's last Adam Molina. Yeah. Molina. Yeah. He's the quiet so, one. He, uh, you know, he <laughs> <laughs> and we are here to talk about podcast listening and producing. But another reason why we are also here is because in one of the episodes, uh, you had strong opinions on the microphone lawsuit that somebody was doing or something or other. And you got to talking about sound and, and vision and all that stuff. So you want to, you want to go ahead and, Take it away with your spiel. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, 
you know, without getting too into the nitty gritty of this ridiculous, <laughs> all these claims people were making about AirPods and digging through legal history and stuff like that. You know, I, I brought up this point on the show about how audio and listening is such a subjective experience compared to seeing, you know, it's very easy to see something with your eyes and know exactly what you're looking at and, and have this sort of objective experience with it. Whereas um, when you're listening, um, wow, already doing so many ups. When you're listening, uh, your ears and what you hear is informed by all of your other senses. And it's really important when you're listening to try and isolate your hearing as, as much as possible and, and try to listen as objectively and overcome this very like human part of listening where, where everything changes. And, and I didn't mention this on the show, but something I feel really strongly about that separates sound from the rest of our senses is that sound is inherently ephemeral, right? Like we can record a sound and then we have that recorded forever, but the sound is either playing or it's not playing. And when it's not playing, all we have is our memory. And as I'm sure we all know, human memory is not the most accurate thing ever. And it allows sound to live in this weird sort of meta space where it, it's influenced by our feelings and it's influenced by our surroundings and it's influenced by our opinions. And so you know, on the show, people were talking about, I guess I'll get a little, a little bit into it. P people were talking about their AirPods getting worse. And this website published these graphs um, about how they found that the the in sort of like the lower frequency ranges, like around 200 to 300 hertz, I think the AirPods they found were, were canceling less noise. And this is very unscientific. It's, you know, but I was just looking at the graphs and the difference in this one frequency band was something like you know, a few decibels, maybe four, maybe five. And, uh, you know, if you're an audio professional listening on a professional system, yeah, four to five decibels can be a lot. But if you're the average listener listening on your phone speakers or listening on, you know, not good headphones or anything like that, four to five decibels is is really hard to discern. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, and so, yeah, I just, I just found all these, you know, people love to jump all over Apple. People always want to catch Apple in the act. And I just, I, I found it just like, I don't know, use your ears, guys, like listen a little harder, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's, that was the thing that caught your attention, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use your ears, people, not your ass. Yeah. I'm going to use that. That's good. <laughs> or uh, so, do, yeah, do you watch, I mean, do you watch Captain Disillusion? Do you watch that channel no, at all? No, I, I would have to check that out. He, he has this saying where he says like, uh, love with your heart and use your brain for everything else. And I feel like the same could be said about audio. It's like, listen with your ears and use your brain for everything else. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Cause I, I, I heard your, your, your thing about the eyesight and I'm like, <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. That's not my case. My case is when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school back in the eighties. Yes. Yes. Folks. I know I'm old, but when I was, <laughs> In fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, so that would have been 90 to 92. Gotcha. I was used as the end-of-the-day computer kid. And what that meant was the teachers were like, okay, Mike, go around to all the classrooms and listen to see if any of the apples are still running. And if they are, <laughs> shut them down. I could hear the hum. Nobody else could hear the hum of the f of fans oh or whatever gosh. the hell was in the old Apple IIcs and Apple IIes. I could hear it. 
because my eyesight and my legally blindness was so bad. You know, uh, you know, they always say when one sense is 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 screwed up, the other sense is compensating. You said this on the show. The other sense is yeah. compensate for it. Well, my hearing has compensated for it, even though now I use some JVC HX whatever headphones and I blare rock music in them to make myself <laughs> deaf. But that's just me. <laughs> You're so, I um I so I worked for. I still work for this organization called the National Center for Choreography. Um, they're a dance organization that supports creators in Akron, Ohio. Um, and they invited me to be part of this really cool thing called Radio Camp one year, which is sort of like a symposium for people who make podcasts and uh, people who want to make podcasts. And um, I was on this really, really great panel with... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name. If it comes to me, I'll, I'll double back. Uh, but she specializes in... Um, turning dance performances and dance films uh, into uh, accessible media for people with visual impairments. As part of this symposium, she played a dance film with the narration, the accessibility narration over it. And before we did it, I remember thinking, oh, I've got great ears. I'm a, I'm a professional listener. This is going to be a this is going to be crazy. It's going to be easy in, in a cakewalk. And, um, and I watched this three minute dance film and all the information was coming at me so fast. And I felt like the, the film ended and I missed all of it. And I, and I told that to her, I was like, that was, that was crazy. Like, I feel like I, I'm a professional listener and I couldn't make heads or tails of that. And she brought up the really good point. She was like, you, you, you can see, so you're inherently processing two streams of information at, at once. When you only have to process that single stream, you can just decode audio information at this amazing rate. I was like, dang, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is so cool. And for me, I don't, I consume content for podcasting about said content. So if I need to watch a show or if I need to watch a movie or if I need to watch a cartoon, I'll watch it and see it and pay attention to it. But anytime when I'm not doing that or when I'm just having whatever on my phone, mm -hmm. I more so just listen to it. Like I don't sit there and watch it. I, I just listen to it. Hmm. And that's all I like half the time I'm going to sleep to forensic files every night. Uh, I was like, why are you going to sleep to murder? I said, it's not about the murder part. It's about the fact that may the man rest in peace. He's been gone a number of years now, but the, the narrator, Peter Thomas has an amazing voice. He does. Oh my God, you're so, because I used to fall asleep listening to that show too. Literally, same exact thing. I wouldn't watch it. I would just be listening. And it's, not only does he have an amazing voice, but he has this steady, calm rhythm. Yep. It's so rhythmic. It, it's such, if you just sort of ignore all the gruesome bits, it's this beautiful, steady, almost meditative thing to fall asleep to. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. The only problem I have, and I've tried to reach out to the company, the, the production company that, that has the rights to forensic files, mm -hmm. the volume on the episodes, every TV, every phone, every, I, I could be watching it on a iPod classic from 2000, whatever. He'll be loud and the people will be soft or he'll be soft and the people will be loud. It's hmm. not the volume on my devices. It's not the volume on my television. It's something in the audio that happened with that show that interesting it up. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's not a good mix. Huh. No. You know, I've never noticed that, but now I'm going to go back and totally check it out. <laughs> At the Dallas pistol and revolver club in 1991, 
Trey Cooley, a young spectator, was watching a shooting competition seated behind an air gun range. He was struck and killed by a stray bullet. This is how ballistics, lasers, and forensic animation solved the riddle of the magic bullet. You know, my, my, my dad is also an audio person, um, mm -hmm. and I have him to thank a lot for sort of, you know, he didn't necessarily show me the ropes and get me in the biz or anything like that, but he, we just had lots of conversations about sound when I was growing up. Yeah. And um, last night we were watching, um, uh, I don't remember what movie it was, but we were, it was, there was, it was a musical and one of the characters was singing and we looked at each other and said, that snare drum is so loud. <laughs> like we, we, we it both st uh, stood out to us like immediately, like, like, why is the snare drum as loud or louder than the vocalist right now? This makes no sense. Um, and, you know, it's like literally six seconds of movie. And, you know, the funny thing is after... I, that happened, I got really mm -hmm. self-conscious because I was like, how many audio people listen to my work and go, why is that so loud? Why is that like that? I'm like, oh man, uh, I hope it's all perfect. Ah. <laughs> I, I can say from listening to the Waveform podcast that very rarely do I notice differences in the mix of the voices or the leveling. You guys do an amazing job of getting we, that... Oh, so no, go for it. Well, I was just, you guys do an amazing job getting that audio leveled. And if there's anything wrong with the audio that I notice, it's most likely something happened and we forgot to, like, I remember I tweeted, because I usually end up taking a screenshot every time I listen. I'm like, oh, hey, mm -hmm. guys, I'm listening to the show. And, oh, oh yeah. wait, you know, the ads aren't in here where they're supposed to be. I kind of like this. This oh, is kind of yeah. cool. Not <laughs> I understand why the ads are there. That's fine. I'm not saying, not trying to say anything against that. I'm just <laughs> saying that one episode, I was like, wait, there's no ads. This, oh this is silent. What's going on here? And I, and, I, and I, thank I, God you do, because I mean, someone hopefully will tweet at us, but yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they should. I'm all about like interacting with the podcasts that I listen to. And now if, if they interact back, that's great. If they don't, that's fine too. Whatever, you know, uh, Andrew wow. usually likes most of the tweets or sometimes he'll reply and, and yeah. all that. So, you know, what were you going to say though? Um, I'm trying to remember, I guess <laughs> mostly, uh, you know, I'm very lucky that everyone on the show is really, really professional um, in, in the sense that they all have really level speaking voices. They're, they're all really, really good at, um, at making my job of leveling them out really, really easy. And, and on that show, you know, actually like the, the harder things to deal with are things like room reflections. Um, mm -hmm. actually that's like the, to me on, on the waveform podcast, that was like my, uh, room reflections and, and mouth, mm -hmm. all yep. those noises. Those were like public enemy number one for me when I joined the show, because the, the room is, is treated, but it's still a small room and the mics are really close together. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've caught this or maybe some eagle-eyed people have caught this, but we, all, David and the producer table and Andrew all use SM7Bs, like the classic radio mic. Yeah. Um, and Marquez uses a, a revision of the RE20 that I believe is called the RE35 RV, but I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's essentially like the broadcast version right. uh, of the RE20. Um, 
Colin Cowherd uses it on his show as well, um, if you watch sports. Um, and that mic is really, really, really sensitive. It's really sensitive. Um, and so all of this sort of phase stuff begins to happen as Andrew's voice gets picked up in Marquez's mic. Oh, um, no. Yeah. And so I've had to do a lot of sort of creative... Uh, creative workarounds to balance them out. Cause I, I don't really like using, and I hope I'm not boring any non audio people listening, but I don't really like using noise gates very much. I don't know if that's a generational audio person thing um, because I know a lot of older audio people that reach for the noise gate really, really quick, but it's just yeah. not really my favorite tool. Um, so yeah, I've had to come up with some more creative solutions. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys, and I, I'm not, this isn't about the pod, you know, your all's podcast. This is about you eventually, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those things where do you guys record on multi-track? Yes, we do. Okay, good. Um, okay. Yeah, we do record multi-track. If we didn't record multi-track, I would be pulling <laughs> my hair out. <laughs> yeah. When Although that, that being said, you know, the, the tools are getting like scary good. They, mm-hmm. they really are. There's a few, um, plugins on the market that are specifically designed to remove reverb and some of them can remove early reflections and um and that won't necessarily solve your phasey problems but it'll it'll bring everything a little closer the way it sounds and then there are some plugins that that actually can semi resolve phase issues um i don't know if you've ever used oek soothe 2 i haven't no um, that, that that plugin does some wacky things uh, as far as just like fixing your comb filtering and all that. Um, so yeah, the tools are getting scary good. Well, that's good. We, we, we need scary good audio tools. I, yeah, I completely agree. Yes. Audio rules, video drools. <laughs> Sorry. All right. When did you discover podcasts and what was the first one you listened to? Oh, awesome question. Okay. I discovered podcasts in about probably eighth grade. Um, and at the time I loved Rooster Teeth, Rooster Teeth and Red versus Blue and Achievement Hunter and, and all that stuff was like the coolest thing in the whole world for me. And, uh, and so they had a podcast, the Rooster Teeth podcast, and I listened to that every single day. And then there was a sort of a spinoff podcast called The Internet Box that I also just like loved to death. And I had this kind of weird relationship with podcasting growing up because I was in this really serious music program um, and I was practicing saxophone hours every day. And I was, I, I, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to be a professional saxophone player. That was like my whole life. And, um, and I would get these pangs of guilt because such a big part of, of learning an instrument is listening to recordings of other people playing the instrument and, and copying them and sort of in, inducting their skills into your repertoire. And I would spend a lot more time, not a lot more time, but I would spend a lot of time listening to podcasts instead of listening to other saxophone players. Um, and I'd have this voice in my head being like, Ellis, you need to stop listening to these silly podcasts and start listening to saxophone. These podcasts aren't going to make you any money in life. And, uh, I could not have been more wrong. I literally could not have been more wrong. (laughs) But yeah, so that was how I got started. Um, and I, and then, you know, from there, uh, NPR was really, I grew up in LA, so I was in the car all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just, I just destroyed NPR. And one of my favorite, this, I can't remember if this was on NPR or another station, but are, have you ever heard of Prairie Home Companion? No. Oh man. Prairie Home Companion is this long running radio show. It, it ended maybe 15 years ago and it's this fictional, um, news broadcast from a fictional town in the, in sort of like Oklahoma E where all these sort of creepy, weird things go on. It's, and it was run by a guy named Garrison Keeler. Um, okay. it's, if you ever get the chance, it's, it's really, it's a really, really, really fun program. And it, and it's done in sort of this classical classic radio way where, um, there's Garrison narrating, and instead of a soundboard, they have a guy with a microphone, and he's making all the sound effects live. He has props, and he can do stuff with his mouth, and, and everything's just happening in real time. The energy is so cool. Anyway, that is all to say that those are sort of my earliest experiences with podcasting. Very cool. Very cool. How long after you started listening did you want to start your own podcast? Never. Um, (laughs) it, it, it it literally never occurred to me once. Um, what happened is I was in college and I was in music school. And, um, at the time I was working as a recording engineer in this sort of rap hip hop studio. I I was going to the studio every day and I was just churning out rap tracks for these, for random artists. And, um, and I was in college and I had this class, this really great class called, Creative fundamental, no, business fundamentals for the creative economy. That's what the class was called. And um, we had to put together a business plan for that class. And I put together a business plan about being sort of like an audio guy, just sort of a Mm -hmm. general audio guy. And my professor in that class was this woman named Jen Edwards, who is this unbelievably talented creative director, branding consultant person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she reviewed my business plan. And thought it was really good. She was like, oh, yeah, it seems like a great business plan. And then she got a contract for a company called Jacob's Pillow. And uh, Jacob's Pillow is, is one of the oldest dance festivals in the country. It's this sort of like cultural heritage site at this point in America. And, um, and Jacob's Pillow reached out to her to help them make a podcast. And she was a branding person and a creative director, but she was not an audio person. And she had just read my business plan. So she actually tapped me while I was still in college to go help produce that show. And that was the first time I'd ever worked in podcasting my whole life. That was like I was diving in fresh. And at the time, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a professional composer. Um, like I wanted to score films and I wanted to write music for like stuff like that. And so I worked out this deal with her. I said, I'll, I'll produce and edit and mix and master the show if you also let me write the music. And she was like, cool. Um, And so that was kind of my first dive in. And then I got super duper lucky. Um, And I hate saying this because it makes me sound like a big jerk, but the pandemic was really, really good for me because um, I had this one show with a big organization under my belt and all of these big performing arts orgs they all are grant funded. Right. And the deal with grant funding is at the end of the grant period, all of that money needs to be spent. Otherwise it's really hard to ask for the same amount of money next year. Um, And so the pandemic hit and all of these organizations canceled their programming and they had all this money left over that they literally needed to spend. Um, 
And so I was able to go to a bunch of them and say, hey, uh, I know you have money. Give it to me and I'll make you a podcast. <laughs> and um, and so That's so I, awesome. It was. And I, and I kind of earned this reputation as the dance podcast guy because I was working for a lot of these sort of dance organizations. And, uh, and, and yeah, so that, that's kind of how I got into it. But never, in, never once was I like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast or I think I want to go into podcasting or I see a future for myself in podcasting. It was, it was very much something I fell backwards into. Hmm. Very cool. Thank you. So you mentioned several of the ones you've worked on and several of the ones. First of all, what goes into a dance podcast? Like an audio <laughs> dance podcast? I'm like, you what is the, it? Just tap, tap, tappity tap, 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 tap. Every single person who I tell that to ask me that same question. I'm and, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a legit question. Um, a lot of them focus on on dance history or dance okay. theory or talking to artists. So we did this show called Inside the uh, Inside the Dancer's Studio, um, where different choreographers would get interviewed with sort of like a standard series of questions. the The Jacobs Pillow podcast was really the one that I had a lot of fun doing, um, and that was so Jacobs Pillow actually maintains the country's most thorough dance archives. They have everything from recordings of talks to recordings of performances to recordings of um, or to like physical things like costumes, programs. It's like this an unbelievably thorough archives. And so that show was about digging through their archives and bringing these archival materials to life in the form of an audio program. And that one was really, really challenging because a lot of these a lot of these materials were not either, either not, uh, I don't want, this is going to sound like I'm dragging the archivist at the pillow, which I'm not Norton Owen, the archivist of the pillow is like America. It's like a gift to America that we have this guy who's so dedicated to preserving this stuff. He's amazing. A lot of it though, was recorded in not the best techniques or not the best circumstances right. or, or it was recorded on tape. And then before Norton got there, the tape wasn't stored properly. And then there's all these things that could have happened. So a lot of the time I'm getting these materials in rough, rough condition. Mm -hmm. um, and so a big part of my job there was sort of like audio rehab or like forensic audio or for whatever you want to call it. And I think, yeah, that's been a big part of my podcasting journey is just learning how to take a recording that is buried in noise and distorted to all hell. And, and how do you actually make this, not only do, how do you make it listenable, right? But, but if you take one of these recordings that is completely dilapidated um, yep. and you try to bring it back to full health, it doesn't sound believable anymore because your brain knows this is an old recording and your brain knows what an old recording is supposed to sound like. And if it sounds like a fresh, bright, new recording, it sounds fake. And so you have to restore it just enough to where you can understand what is being said, but not too much that it sounds doctored. It's like a, it's a really fine line. Yeah. It reminds me so are you a true crime junkie or do you just like forensic files? Uh, I'm, I wouldn't describe myself as a junkie, but I feel pretty well versed. At least I, I haven't listened to serial, um, yet, but I really enjoy like Darknet diaries and I've watched the, the Netflix thing about the, the pizza murderer. Um, so I'm definitely familiar with the true crime, uh, 
genre. Okay. Well, the reason why I ask is because in 2014, Investigation Discovery did a series, and I think it only had one season, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Hear No Evil. So think of Forensic Files, but it's all audio. It, I mean, it, it's a visual show. Right. But, like, it's focused oh, on, like, there, there's one episode where the 911 caller hears the gunshot, the whisper, and then the other gunshot kind of thing. Like, oh, you're, Oh, I gotta like, watch this. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> I'm trying to see oh, how many gosh. episodes that this thing has. But IMDb says it looks like it's still going. It says 2017 through. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I haven't seen okay. any new ones, though. But anyway, like... Because we're talking about sound, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. I can bring this up. This is kind of cool. That, that is cool. There's another show that this kind of reminds me of. Did you ever watch that Apple TV original called Calls? No. It didn't get as much publicity. It's an it's an it's an audio only thing on Apple TV. Like there's a little waveform visualizer, mm-hmm. but that's it. Other than that, it's it's just audio, and it's an entire series sort of about the end of the world. Mm-hmm. told just through people calling each other during the end of the world. <laughs> oh, wow. It's freaky. It's really freaky. I wonder if they dug up Orson Welles and, you know, had him. It's, it's <laughs> very reminiscent of that stuff. It's a little bit more um, sound effects-y. Like there's, like, gotcha. you know, people running through explosions. and Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more like yeah. that. Um, but it's definitely, you. I feel like you, you can't do anything without referencing Orson Welles to an extent. <laughs> Absolutely. You really can't. In July, peas grow there. In July. In July. Why would you? Yeah. All right. So for me personally, there's a huge difference between audio podcasts and video. Okay. Videos to me are, they're a YouTube video. They're this, they're that. I don't see that as a podcast. I understand. Like, And when I say videos, I mean like, Here's my review of the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Sure, or whatever, yeah. You know, you know, that kind of video. And I understand that people have video versions of their podcasts and everything else. But for me, I want to listen. Yeah. I want to, if I'm listening and then I have to go do the dishes or take the trash out or whatever, I want to be able to take that with me, still engage in the content without having to sit here and watch something. So... Which do you prefer, audio or video podcasting as a fan and as a producer? Excellent question. I might have the most annoying opinion about this. So so I just want to say, before working on Waveform, I had never done a video podcast before. So I really had to change my thinking. Um, And especially, uh, it's so easy to do things on the video side of the podcast that you realize don't translate to the audio side of the podcast until people tweet at you. So I really had to change my thinking, <laughs> change my thinking there to make sure everything still works. Um, but the reason I say I'm annoying is because I'm a, one of those people who will watch YouTube videos with my screen off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go through, like I'll watch straight up YouTube videos and just turn my screen off and just listen to them all the yeah. time. And so I don't know if I can say I prefer audio podcasts versus video podcasts, but I will say I even video visual stuff I oftentimes consume purely orally. 
fuck. <laughs> um, so I guess that's where I stand. But yeah, it's it's definitely something that makes you. One thing we joke about a lot at the office is how loose the term podcast even is anymore, because video podcasting is just like a talk show now. And like yeah, what separates a normal talk show from a video podcast? And also even the word podcast, right? Because the word podcast comes from iPod, which is not a product you can buy anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's not a product you can buy anymore. And, you know, it, what was it that Steve said when he announced it? It was, it was something and broadcasting. That was the... I think it's it's po- it's like the iPod and and broadcasting because I think the original idea of it was you could use an RSS feed to yep. push out these new episodes. Um, yep. So it wasn't like broadcasting over the radio. It was like this new kind of broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it still it still works whether it's audio or video, and if you have to define it between the two, that's fine. Like I, I tell everybody, it's like I am audio podcast only. I have no camera, I have no nothing. I don't don't want to make things complicated. I just want to sit here, look at my questions, and talk to awesome people. That's it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally feel you. Um, you know, that being said, I, like, uh, there are a lot of things I do for the Waveform podcast that that might, that audio listeners might not even know about. Like, um, I've spent the past bunch of weeks, uh, so we have a roadcaster. Are you familiar with a roadcaster? Yeah, I've the heard of, yeah, I've heard it, yeah. I, and we have all these lights all over the podcast, and all I wanted to do is be able to control the lights with the roadcaster. And, uh, God, that was annoying, <laughs> but it's the kind of thing where if you're watching the video podcast, I think it makes a big difference, you know, when someone gets, Oh yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. Um, but if you're just listening to the audio podcast, it's like those hours of work literally made no difference in the, in the product. <laughs> yeah. Cause in, well, in December of 2022, when you guys did your, your grand finale trivia episode, Oh my gosh. You knew I was going to bring this up. Oh yeah. Wait, I have one thing to say about this and that's, Everyone has been tweeting this and I haven't addressed it. And I feel like this is the perfect chance to address it. The reason Adam yells Thanksgiving trivia podcast is not because we recorded it in Thanksgiving. It's because we wrote it with the intention of the episode coming out in Thanksgiving, <laughs> pushed it back to now. And in the script, it still said Thanksgiving trivia extravaganza. Nobody changed, nobody changed the script. And, oh, and, wow. and we were just sort of like, that was such a busy week and we were all rolling mm-hmm. with the punches. And I, I just threw the script in front of Adam and we ran with it. And and yeah, so that that's what happened there. We decided to leave it in because it was really funny. But um, yeah, that episode was recorded uh, at the time when it was supposed to be recorded. We just said something silly. <laughs> See, I would go like I would super zoom into into his waveform and see if I could cut the Thanksgiving part out. Like if I was editing that, I would look at look at his waveform, and I I do that now with other other pieces. Totally. Like, if there's a specific thing that I can go in and either trim or completely split the clip and cut out what I don't want, I will super zoom in on that waveform to make oh, sure. sure that I yeah. I have to ask what what is your DAW of choice? Let's get into this the ever oh, the perennial audio discussion. Lord. Okay, well, first of all, you'll have to explain the DAW part because <laughs> oh, no, sorry, like what what software are you using? To, oh, the uh, software. Okay, audio? yeah, uh, it's um, 
It's Adobe. Is it Audition? It's either Audition. It used to be Sound Booth. It was Adobe Sound Booth, and now it's Adobe Audition. I think it's CS5. Cool. Very cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to learn the multi-track. Like, originally, I was recording podcasts for years just on Skype, all on one thing. Mm -hmm. And I was fine, because most of the time, there wasn't an um every other um word um. But, (laughs) you know... Now it's like, oh, I understand. I can cut out sounds or I can do this or I can do that. Or if somebody accidentally coughs without using judicious use of mute or something, it's like, oh, I have this on a separate track. I can just cut out your cough and I hope you're well enough to continue on with the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing. Apparently, I have a reputation. This is way before the pandemic. This is actually Mm -hmm. my first podcast. It was episode 17 of the Transformers Generation 1 podcast. We were reviewing the five-part season three opener, Five Faces of Darkness of the old Transformers Generation 1 80s cartoon. My buddy, Pecan Court Michael, he was, like, deathly ill. And apparently, I like, he had this cold, he had this cough, he had this, he had that. And this was back in the days where I wasn't doing multi-track recording. And apparently, I now have this reputation where, you know, behind the scenes, it's like, you're sick? Do you want to move it? No, 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 I'll be fine, I'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, I'm asking you if you want to postpone, you know. I don't have to cut out all your coughs. (laughs) Well, that, but also, like, if they're sick, they're sick. Like, right, I'm not a yeah, monster. Yeah. I'm not right. going to sit here with an audio whip saying, you know, yeah. be interesting talk on my podcast. Like, you know, you know, oh my gosh. like, again, this is coming out the beginning of January 2023 when we were initially, you know, trying to figure out when we were going to have you on, you know, like a week later. Right, I think yeah. it was a week after we initially you messaged me saying we all have COVID. None of us are in the office. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a disaster that was! And I was like, oh my god, I am so sorry yeah, that you have so gotten that thing. It. Whatever you need to like, and that's my thing. I am this, you know, quote unquote people pleaser, but it's more so like I can I pivot better than any couch. You know, whatever whatever I have to do, whatever is going to work, if we have to postpone it, we have to postpone it. I can, I can reschedule stuff. I don't care. As long as I get the content, I don't care. Totally. Totally. Like, I'm not a stickler. Like, oh, my God, this has to be done on Monday. Oh, my God. this ha-. Like, I used to – I kind of used to be like that, but I've learned over the last 14 years. It's like it'll get done. Like I said on a podcast at the end of last year, I said – you know, and no one is like screaming at me. When's this podcast? Or when? Like, no one's really asking me on Twitter or anything. Like, when when the shows are coming out? But I, I usually say, at this point in my life, at forty two, almost forty three years. Oh God, I'll be forty three in February. Holy crap! <laughs> but you know, I usually say, you'll get it when I'm good and ready to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's usually how you deliver the best stuff too. It's just, Most know, times, yes. Yeah. That's but so I also true. end up doing this whole like pre-production, like pre, like this is being, as of this recording in December, folks, this is being pre-recorded for January. So technically we are in January of, of, of the new year, but like I will pre-record a bunch of stuff yeah. and then I'll go back and look at it and I'm like, oh my God, I have to edit all of this. <laughs> I, I think I edited like 10 different podcasts at the end of December. 
like Christmas Eve, I know I was sitting here editing three different shows in one day. <laughs> wow. I'm a machine. Right. <laughs> I am just a machine. Props to you. I I get when I get audio tired way way faster <laughs> than that. Yeah, I I I live in audio. That's that's just the way I am, I guess. So you've mentioned your setup already with what you guys use on the show, but mm-hmm. if something happens okay. to the headphones or the microphones or the microphone arm or the cameras or the this or the that, if it breaks down, heaven forbid it ever does, do you buy the exact same thing or do you upgrade to something different and new and better? That is such an interesting question. Hmm. Uh, so I think it depends on the thing. Microphone arm, I feel like we're willing to get something better. For the rest of the stuff in there, uh, I don't. I don't really know if we if there is a, a better to be gotten. Um, like obviously, there's always more expensive headphones you can buy, but I think that's more of a branding thing. Like I think listeners or viewers would be weirded out if they saw a different pair of headphones on one of our heads. Um, we just replaced a pair of headphones, not because they were broken, but because they were creaky. I could hear okay. them creaking in the mic. Oh wow. Yeah, it's I sorry, it totally weird threw me off that you said microphone arm because we just had a microphone arm break. <laughs> and I was like, I was like I, how do you know? <laughs> I didn't because I have to like so I will so when the waveform podcast comes out every Friday mm-hmm. and normally I will listen somewhere between four and seven AM, just depends on when I wake up. But it's usually the first thing I do on Friday is listen to you guys. Mm-hmm. And I will then go back later in the day or over the weekend and see, oh, like I remember maybe Andrew or Marquez or you or David or somebody says, says, oh, this will probably be better for the video version. I so know. I still, no, 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 no. I'm, I, but I, my point is, is that I still go back to the Waveform Clips channel or the Waveform channel or Marquez's channel, wherever you oh, guys right. publish the, the video version. And even though it might be a day after I've actually listened to it, my brain is such that I forget stuff all the time. So it's like, you know, oh, video version. Okay. I remember they said something about the video. I'm like, okay, like with the lights. And this is going to be interesting because Mr. Sound Round over here, folks, with trivia, mm-hmm. was the were the lights timed to the sound effects in the trivia round? Uh, you mean like the waiting music, like doom, doom, doom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they were. Oh. Uh, they the lights were. Um... All right. So, uh, have you ever heard the term pixel mapping? Yes. Yeah. So the lights were were pixel mapped. So we've got these Quasar R two, the eight foot model, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly how many LEDs are in there, but you can group them in forty eight. LEDs across the eight feet. And so the way we drive it is um, the light thinks of itself as a one by 48 pixel display. Okay. And so I actually send it video files. 
and it's playing one row. It, it, it sums down the pixels to 48 pixels and then it plays one row of the video. Um, and so for the waiting music, I used, um, noise like, like, um, not just like pure static, more like mathematical noise, but I used noise and I, and I dyed it blue and I think I made it like scroll a little bit. So it's, it's actually completely random. Um, and it just sort of happened to sync up with the music. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Did you think you'd be podcasting for as long as you have, whether as a host or a producer or any of that kind of stuff? Not, not at all. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I feel so lucky that I work for Marquez. Um, I, I remember earlier when I said I, growing up, I was obsessed with rooster teeth mm -hmm. and, uh, and I used to think, man, it'd be so cool to work for a YouTube channel like Rooster Teeth. And uh, and here I am. So <laughs> I feel like the luckiest guy in the whole world. Awesome, awesome. How have your podcasting goals changed since you started compared to now? Well, when I started, I thought of podcasting as just a vehicle to becoming a composer. Like it very much felt like a temporary thing for me. Um and now I'm in a place where I don't I don't know if I want to say yeah I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in podcasting for the rest of my life but it made me much more interested in in things like storytelling and narrative arcs and branding mm -hmm. and it, it changed my uh, my priorities a lot right now I'm obsessed with jingles um, okay. which I know don't really have a lot to do with podcasting, but I actually they think they can. I mean, a jingle can be an intro or an outro. A jingle can be an intro or an outro. And they're also both expressions of a brand. A podcast is just a long form audio expression of a brand. And a jingle is a short form ex audio expression of a brand, but they're both supposed to leave you with the feeling that the, that the brand is supposed to leave you with. Um, yeah. And so that is mainly how my perspective on, on podcasting has changed. When I first started, I looked at it as I was just trying to like do the best job I could within the medium. And now I look at it much more broadly, like how is this supposed to make people feel and what sounds are going to make people feel that way? Um, yeah. I hope that kind of answers the question. No, it does. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like you, the, the, the interesting thing about you is you've been producing for a while and everything else, but most of the hosts or most of the people I have on, are people like me where I have been hosting, producing, whatever, like I've created multiple shows over the last, you know, yeah. I'm not, deck, I'm, you know. I'm not that, uh, I haven't been in podcasting that long. I, I started podcast. I started, I got my first gig podcasting in 2019. So I'm actually <laughs> relatively new to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you guys do excellent work over there. So keep it thank up. You. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Your podcast listenership as a listener, what defines a good podcast to you? Ooh, um, Not that sound. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, I try not to be a huge stickler about audio when it comes to podcasting. One of my favorite podcasts called now. And oh, I really hope, I mean, they're not going to hear this. Who cares? My favorite podcast, one of my favorite podcasts is called Now and Then. It's, an, it's a podcast about American history. And it's these two women named Joanna Friedman and Heather Cox Richardson. And they're both really famous American historians. And it's this brilliant podcast where they, they, they pick an issue and they trace it through the 
full 200 years of American history. And, um, and they're both so, they're both razor sharp. They're so smart and so informed. And the podcast just doesn't sound good. It just doesn't sound good. And, uh, and it's not necessarily like a problem for me. Like I've never turned off an episode because it sounded so bad, but, um, I, part of me is like, I wish I, I don't even want to work for them. I just want to give them some pointers or something like that. Um, but I also feel, I always get nervous whenever I say that out loud, not because I'm a, I'm worried about offending them, but I'm also kind of worried that there's like a producer on the show already who, yeah. uh, who I'm going to offend. And, and you trust me, the one thing I understand about producing a podcast is that, and I'm sure you know this too, it's so much is out of your control. So you net like, like your guest could be in the worst environment recording on their phone and, and there's nothing you can do about it, you know, at the end of like, <laughs> so, so I recognize it's not anyone's fault, but I also, um, anyway, so, uh, other of my favorite podcasts, I think Darknet Diaries is awesome. Um, the way they incorporate sound effects and music is really awesome. And my favorite thing about Darknet Diaries is the ho- host, I think his name is Jack Recider. He does his interviews and his primary dialogue in the exact same studio with the exact same mic. So he can effortlessly switch between him narrating without a guest and him interviewing a guest. And he's able to weave his narrative in and out of the interview and in these like magical ways. Um, obviously the date. Okay. I guess I'm not going to list all my favorite podcasts, but I think for me, that's later. That, that's later. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing as a listener is actually the content and not the, not the structure and not the, not the, not the bells and whistles, but it's like, yeah, you want to listen to something it. that you're interested in. You're not going to like, for me, I'm not going to listen to a game of Thrones podcast. Cause I've only ever seen the first 10 minutes of them walking in season one, episode one. Right. So exactly, I don't give yeah. a crap about, you know, that's great if there are a bunch of game of Thrones podcasts out there, but they ain't for me. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I really need it to be compelling in some way. Um, so yeah, that, that's the big thing for me as a listener. So when you are listening as a listener, what does a podcast, like that first episode, what does it have to have to draw you in to make you want to keep listening? Wow. That's a great question. (laughs) I don't know. I I think for me, it's narrative structure. Um, I think for me, it has to, it has to be a good story and it has to get me hooked and it, it can't just be, I don't really listen to a lot of, po- I, I listen to a bunch of interview podcasts, but even those are more structured. I, I'm not a big fan of the Joe Rogan style podcasts where people just talk. And I, and I know it's kind of funny because I produce waveform and I love listening to waveform. But you guys are talking about stuff that you love. See, that's the other part of, and that's the part of the, like the producer, the host thing that we'll get to later. But like, you're not going to do a podcast on a topic like I already mentioned about Game of Thrones, but you're, you right. have to love what you're doing or love what you're discussing. And that's the thing with Waveform. You guys love – everyone loves tech. Yeah. You know, so it's easy. It is easy. You're right. Actually, like passion is something that you can just instantly sense, especially through audio. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that that's a great point. Yeah, I think passion is definitely something I look for. But – um. It's funny. This isn't a podcast. It's a it's a YouTube channel, but um, okay. There's a channel called Defunct Land that uh, that made this video a few weeks ago about uh, it was about jingles. So I was already hype, you know. But mm-hmm. it was about 
tra- tracking down the guy who uh, wrote the Disney Channel jingle, the bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And um, I feel like I've been chasing the dragon ever since. <laughs> like, I ha- like I want another video to get me as psyched up as that video got me and I haven't found it yet. And, I'm, and I've switched to looking for like investigative podcasts that just fucking do it as well as that. Um, yeah. Did you find the guy or the person? I don't want to spoil it. Okay. It's, I'll have to, I'll have to watch it. Exactly. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It's like a huge investigation. All right. Well, that's, that's going to tie in nicely to the next question. Sweet. <laughs> As a listener, do you prefer short 30 minutes to an hour and 30 minute shows, or do you prefer longer podcast episodes as in two hours or more? No, I think for me personally, uh, if it's over an hour and a half, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for me. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a sweet spot between 45 minutes and an hour and 15. But, you know, like, again, plenty of, like, the daily does those 25-minute bangers. You know what I yep. mean? Can't go wrong there. But, yeah, for me, I think my my sweet spot is in between 45 minutes and an hour and 15. All right, then I guess we better hurry up, folks. Oh, <laughs> take your time. As I'm sure you know, you record like an hour and a half, an hour 45 of podcasts, and, then, and by the time then, you, yeah. you cut it, you edited. exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, and again, for me, it's it depends on what the podcast is doing. Like for us at the Geekcast Radio Network, we have done seven top 100 countdowns. Whoa. Actually, I say whoa, but uh, audio, you know, audio is so much better a medium for a top 100 countdown than video. Absolutely. So the top 100 countdowns that we, we've we done in the past, and I don't have the list, it's – we. so originally, and I'm only – everyone listening to the sound of my voice who has listened to this show before, listened to this – they've heard me say this in the last year and a half, two years, three years, whatever. But this is just for you. You remember the old, and I say old because it is old, the old IGN Top 100 animated series list? Mm-hmm. Totally. That was 100 page clicks. Oh, my you God. You had to click through to see every entry. My my buddy, Kevin, Optimus Solo, he's like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And he, along with myself and my other um, – the guy that co-created the GCRN with me, Steve Megatron – we came up with an audio format for a top 100 countdown and we can do it with almost anything we've done animated series, animated films, villains, wrestlers. What's, what's the key to making it flow? How, what's the, what's the trick? Well, you got to have someone in the, in the hot seat directing the traffic. You have to have, you know, the traffic, Mm. you know, like, this is okay. Coming in at number one hundred is Ellis. What is your opinion of this? Blah blah blah. Let's move on to the next. Blah blah blah. But these uh, episodes usually because we're usually doing twenty entries per per podcast, so it's like one hundred to eighty one, eighty to sixty one. So each of those is an episode of the show. They usually end up being two and a half, three and a half hours long, depending on what we have to say about whatever. The one we just finished was the top 100 Transformers characters countdown. Got it. And (laughs) I don't know if it was you or if somebody said recently on the show that they were a fan of Transformers. I forget who it was. I I could have sworn I heard one of you all say that. 
But mm. I put so that is I think it's roughly about eleven and a half to twelve hours of produced audio. <sighs> that that took me one hundred hours of it. I kept time. Oh my, my god! My late wife. My wife passed away last year, but. When we were doing this, uh, you know, I, I would take breaks. I would go visit her. I, we would spend time together. But I would basically spend 14 to 15 hours a day editing one episode because you have <sighs> to put in every little clip. Every Like my buddy Steve yeah. does the does the voices for n- number 100, this, this, this. And then you put a clip of oh, whatever man. the character is. Wow. I wrote a blog up about this on, on our website and yeah, 100, like it was the biggest project I had ever done in audio editing. And it was, I'm very happy with the outcome, but the workflow of that was just nuts. Yeah. How long was the final episode? It was six episodes. So episode one and episode six are the intro and outro episode two through five are, are the countdown. Like I said, in grand total, it's like 11 and a half, 12 hours of published audio. Amazing. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that I'm not so trying to awesome. toot my own horn here. I'm just letting you know that like all about the audio. Like I said right. to you in, in the DM on Twitter, it's like, but that, that thing nearly killed me a couple of times because I'm like sitting here, you know, working and working and working for like, you know, 13, 14 hours a day. And I'm like, I, I, what time is it? Have I, yeah. I don't like, I'm just, I want to get this done. And then I got down to the one of the, the, the top 25 episode, I got down to number seven and I started screwing up and either oh. falling asleep or putting in clips that weren't supposed to be there or not like the mouse was off the, I'm like, okay, I got to go to bed. I'll finish this tomorrow. Right. There's no, there's never any shame and I'll finish this tomorrow. I, I learned that. Like sometimes you just need uh my my ears get really tired. I, I used to get feel really bad about it, but like even at the MKBHD studio when I'm working on mixing the podcast or mixing a video or something like that, like mm-hmm. I'll I'll take I'll stand up and take my headphones off like I don't know, once every like forty five minutes at least. You yeah. Know? Um you need to. Like your ears are a muscle just like any other muscle you have and and they get worn out, you know? Yep. As a listener, do you start at the beginning of a podcast, the most recent episode, or do you jump, jump around? I actually do something even worse. I listen in reverse order. You listen backwards. Yes. Yes. Which, (laughs) and and it's hard because I almost never finish any of these shows. (laughs) And And it's because... And this is not, you know, there's no, no, not trying to shade anyone here, but right, right, right. Yeah. the more you do a show, the better it gets, yep. the more practice you get. So as I'm listening to the show, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And, worse. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually like, oh, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, like they, they haven't learned yet. So, you know. Yeah. But no. Yeah. So I'm, I'm that psychopath who starts with the most recent episode and goes backwards. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it depends on the show. I mean, if you have, like, my first podcast was reviewing all 98 episodes of the Transformers cartoon. To me, if I'm a listener, I'm going to start at the beginning with the first episode and then go all the way to the end of the, to, to the finale kind of thing. Right. But if you have something that is just like a general, 
a general geek show or a general whatever show that is just fine. Oh, you're more than fine. Like I, I did not go back to the very first episode of Waveform. I don't even remember. Right. I would have to check my screenshots to see what was the very first episode I listened to because I only found Marquez like 2019, 2020. So, you right. know, I mean, I've only been listening for so long at this point, but there are there was one podcast they're not doing it right now but it's called part-time nerds full-time dads and how they started out was our wives are pregnant and we're going through that so huh. then each episode they would still do like they would do like geek news like they talked about video games and things like that and whatever else and but they would give updates on their lives and on you know how the pregnancy was going or, oh, my God, wow. we can't record the podcast this week because we're going into labor or we're doing oh. this or we're doing that. So it's kind of like even though it's still a general geek show about video games and about geek life and about what those two gentlemen are doing, it's also taking you through the journey of being parents because it's part-time right. nerds, full-time dads is the name of the show. So it's like, you know. It, it was awesome. It was it was very that sounds fun. really awesome. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, sounds I'll, like a really special show. Yeah, it is. I wish they I wish they'd bring it back. Come on, Mike. Come on, Chris. Yeah. Get to work. Yeah. <laughs> As a listener, how many hosts are too many on one episode? I don't know if there's a number. I don't know. You mean like like simultaneously on mic at one time? Well, not necessarily on mic at one time, but like you and I are the two hosts that are doing this, even though I'm more the host and you're the guest. But like if we added in Andrew, if we added in Marquez, or if we added in David, if you if you have a, you know, there are very few people that can do one man podcasts, very few. Right. Right. And right. most of the time it's at least two hosts. Sometimes it goes up to five, but it depends on the format. It depends on what it's doing. It depends. It depends. It depends. For me, I would say anywhere from two to three is is like the sweet spot. Like three is really, really the sweet spot because you have three differing opinions. Um, luckily, with Waveform, you guys can kind of like, you know, pitch in here and there. But right. I, I don't I don't mean to say pitch. I need to rephrase. No, you, you're exactly right, though. It's you like, know what I'm it, talking about. We, like, we are not the interesting people on the show. So stop. We can, we that's can, not stop it. No, you, no, no, no. It's it's and trust me. I, I I'm not trying to sell myself short here. It's it's like the things that Adam and I are good at um, are not. I'm you, yeah, like like stop it. We, we can throw little tokens in here and there. And that's that's perfect for us. Um, I don't know if I have an answer to the question of how many is too many or how few is too few, because a lot of the podcasts I listen, I do listen to a few single host podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the best answer to this question is the title of, I believe it's track four on Big L's 1995 Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. The track is called Eight is Enough. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to posit that as my answer. <laughs> Oh boy, that's that's way too many. Skype would never be able to hold that back in the day. <laughs> oh boy, that would be a breakdown. Oh my gosh, that's right. Skype did used to have like the the weird limits, and you'd have well, to do like a tiny chat or something if you wanted yeah. to get a bunch of people in there. Yeah, those are the those are the bad old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't miss that. No. When do you so you mentioned this earlier, but when do you stop listening to a podcast altogether? 
I don't know. There's some that I I feel like a lot of the ones I listened to when I was younger. I kind of feel like I don't listen to anymore. Like I don't really I don't really keep up with Rooster Teeth to any degree. Um, uh, but I don't know. I I guess I don't listen to very many podcasts. I guess I should I should preface that. Like I have like six or seven that I listen to, um, and I've frankly listened to those for like years. Um, so I guess when they end, like, like the last one, I think I just stopped listening to was called the Lazarus heist. Okay. Um, and, and it just ended. That's just it. <laughs> you know, like they were just like, we're done. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if I have a great answer for that one, unfortunately, but, uh, I mean, for me, it's like, if, and I don't, I'm one of these old people who <laughs> like, I'm not easy, like, I have thick skin. I survived the 80s, damn it, as a kid. Right. <laughs> you know, like, not a lot of stuff is going to offend me. Like, you know, like, people getting upset over <laughs> blue bubble versus green bubble. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Just make all the bu- just make all the bubbles purple. Then we'll be fine. Yeah, all the right. same color. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> but like for me, it's like if the quality of the show, like the audio quality, dips, or if the yeah, if there's too much, I do not like. I understand there needs to be a silence between what you're saying and what the other person is saying, and that's fine. But if I'm sitting here trying, like recently in the last last year at this point, like I, I will be thinking of something, and then I, as the host who is supposed to be running the show, I will completely break down because I have forgotten whatever the fuck it was that I was supposed to be <laughs> saying, and it would be like, oh yeah, I really want to talk to Ellis about. Shit! <laughs> oh crap! What was like? You know, it's it's kind of like you know turning the turning the robot off, and it just kind of like depowers and yeah. you know. Totally. So like, if stuff like that happens, or if things aren't like, it, no one's going to hear this because I'll I'll have cut it out. But at the beginning mm-hmm. of this recording, I said, "Okay, forty nine, fifty, fifty one, edit point." Yeah. No one's going to hear that in the. I mean, they just heard me say it now, but no one's going to hear that. But, like, you know, it, it, it's those kind of things. If something has to happen, like, if you need a bathroom break or if you need this or if you yeah. need that, okay, let's pause. I will find a way to bring it back, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it, it's that kind of stuff that would make me stop listening. Like, yeah. if you're going to continually do that, if things are going to be continually not. And I understand nobody has the the editing insanity that I do as far as like digging <laughs> like, but because I I have the time I don't like I, I I told you off air I literally eat, sleep and drink podcast. That's what I do: listening, producing, whatever. It's kind of like, yeah. Have you seen Fever Pitch, the movie? No, Fever- what's that? Oh, okay. Well, in Fever Pitch, it's Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. It's a baseball movie from oh, okay. 2004. And it's based around his lo- his character's absolute love of the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Greatest baseball team ever. 
And it's based around the 2004 season when they finally broke the curse and all this and all that. Mm. Well, in that, Jimmy Fallon says to some TV station in, in Pawtucket, you know, where are the Red Sox rank for you? And he's like, Red Sox, sex, and breathing. So for me, it's like podcast, sex, and breathing. Right. <laughs> like, you know, so, yeah, I, I don't know. All right. Before we head to a quick break for this podcast, what are the podcasts that you you just kind of mentioned it, but like, right. what are you currently listening to or what is it that you're looking to be listening to? Totally. So right now I am anxiously awaiting every episode of Jack Recider's Darknet Diaries. I think that's like such a killer show. I'll usually listen to the daily in like bunches. So like mm -hmm. I'll miss a few episodes and then listen to like four in a row. Yeah. Now and then with uh, Heather Cox Richardson and Joanne Freeman, those are just unbelievably informative things. That's a history podcast. What else am I listening to? Let me pull out my phone and let me just see what's in my library <laughs> right now. Uh, I listen to podcasts on the podcasts app on Apple. I don't know if that's, if that's something people care about or not. Um, I listen to uh, BBC news hour every now and then, but I don't keep super up with that one. Um, and Oh, uh, the WNYC collab with, Oh, uh, It's called now, or no? It's it's called more perfect. Uh, who who does this? Uh, I, I, everyone who knows this is going to be like, "Wow, Alice, this Radiolab." It's a WNYC collab with Radiolab, and um, and it's about the Constitution and the Supreme Court. And I I think they just do an excellent job with telling those stories. That is what I'm listening to right this second. Um. If you have a baseball podcast, though, that you want to recommend, there is a baseball podcast-sized hole in my, uh, <laughs> in my listening. So I'd love to take some recommendations there. I actually don't. I don't actually listen to any sports podcasts. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm originally from Boston and south of Boston and all that. So, you know. Boston sports is kind of like life and, and whatever else. And I pay attention to it every now and then now that I'm in Indiana and whatever else, but eh, it is what it is. Oh, if, wait, if you, I'm real quick, if you're in Indiana, um, you should got to try to make a trip down to the Sweetwater showroom. You're right. You're right near audio Mecca. Oh, really? Let me, I, all right. So we're going to go to a quick break here and hear some ads and some other stuff and whatever else that I decide to put in here and, I don't know, maybe I'll somehow get David on here to, you're listening to the Studio 2009 podcast. Wake up. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, geeks and geekettes. Looking for a podcast that covers a vast array of topics? Then check out Altered Geek Unleashed, where we discuss our thoughts on this week's geeky news, tech, gaming, television shows, movies, cartoons, comics, and more. So, get altered, get geeky with the Altered Geeks, every Friday on the GeekCast Radio Network. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Marku 42's Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the Simplistic Reviews podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk. Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spots sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. We are back here inside Studio 2009, which was the podcast that Steve Megatron and I created in 2020. And it's all about the audio and visual, like we will cover any, that's why podcast approach is here, but we will review movies, we'll talk about music, we'll talk about, you know, 
anything, if you can hear it or you can see it, we'll talk about it on this show. So it doesn't matter what it is. We wanted to, you know, basically put, instead of having a movie podcast or a cartoon, like I still have the cartoon podcast and that's fine, but like we wanted a place where we could talk about anything and everything. So that's, that's kind of what this is. And it has been awesome having Ellis here and we are going to be talking about podcast production. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> As a producer, do you find yourself listening to podcasts less and less? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, no. Um, it's definitely the kind of thing where like when you work on podcasts all day, at the end of the day, maybe a podcast isn't one you want to put on. Um, I still love them. You know, obviously, yeah. but yeah, I definitely, definitely noticed that the rate at which I consumed them dipped a little bit when it became part of my day job. Yeah, absolutely. As a producer, are you a podcast planner or are you throwing stuff at the mic to see what sticks? Please don't throw stuff at me. Uh, um, that's another great question. Um, I am a planner, definitely, through and through, um, but I also find that especially at at MKBHD things move so fast. Yeah. And just just I think in modern web content production things just move really really fast. And so you have to find a balance between planning stuff out and being ready for anything when that red light goes on. And that's why I'm really thankful to have my co-producer Adam because when there's two of us we can actually truly be ready for anything. As a producer, do you prefer – okay, so this is usually for people that aren't in like this whole giant conglomerate that you're in. But mm -hmm. as a producer, are you a one-man show kind of host or do you prefer working with co-hosts? I have never done the one-man show thing. Um, and, and also like I, I've always – I describe myself as a hired gun. Um, I've never started my own show from scratch uh, or anything like that. I've worked as a consultant working right. with brands and organizations to help them get a show together. Yeah. But I've never done the one man show thing. And, and I don't know if I like it very much personally, because um, I love audio. I love making things sound good. I love telling stories. Uh there's also a lot of things I don't really like, and I'm glad when I have other people to do those things for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like uh, like writing copy, um, like writing the description of a podcast, I would sometimes just rather pull my teeth out. I'd rather, just, <laughs> you know, like, um, so yeah, I'm really glad when I have other people around me to, to, to do the stuff that they're good at so I can focus on the things that I'm good at. Yeah, the copy for this episode, folks the description you'll see in your iDevices or Android devices or whatever devices you choose to listen to this on. If you, if you even look at the copy, it's basically going to be the description that I wrote out for the intro minus a few words. <laughs> so technically I've already written it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Usually my copy is fairly simple. It's like you're listening, you know, in in episode whatever number I think this is supposed to be fifty six I think I don't remember but anyway <laughs> like whatever episode number it is you know join TFU and Mike as he talks with Ellis Roven from you know whatever and blah 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 as they talk about audio and this that and the other thing and 
you know, and then I put the little, you know, little tagline that we use. So, so it's not really, it's like less, it's not even a full paragraph. It's just like a blurb. Like I don't do major, major, major copy for like the totally. one eventually, you know, but like the copy for, and, and we'll get to this at the end. Like I have for years now and I've, catered it to every show i have this whole long outro thing that i do (laughs) yep yep Uh, can i ask you a podcast production question sure from one one podcast producer to another do you edit with a jog wheel no i just use a standard mouse and keyboard interesting i've wanted to become a jog wheel editor for so long and i just can't work it into my flow I, i can't figure it out hmm yeah, I'm I'm one of those people that I just need the the most simplest of thing. Oh no. I'm looking at pictures of that. No, uh-uh. <laughs> nope, not even going to work. No. Uh-uh. It's like a turntable. Hell no. What the Well, so um do you know that that creator the blind surfer? I believe I've heard of them, but I don't. He, he uh, he's it's exactly what he sounds like. He's a he's a blind surfer, blind surfer, a surfer yeah. who's who's blind, and he is a professional voice actor, okay. and and he's totally blind. Um, like like can't really see anything as far as I yeah. know, and um, and he edits his own dialogue, and the way he does it is he has one of those jog wheels that. And he so he scrubs through his audio, and he can find the exact points and stuff to make the cuts. And when I I was like, oh, "That is so cool! That is so awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what Zoom is for on on, yeah. on Adobe Edition. <laughs> right. exactly. Yeah, for me, like I, yeah, no, I, uh, no, not not even I. There's no like just looking at that. I'm like, I, I I'm not a. I'm not a, I'm a DJ at a rap battle. Like that <laughs> reminds me of is I, I have one at my desk and, uh, and the thing that I, I find myself using it most for is when I'm doing sound effects for an animation that they give me. And it's yep. really nice to have the wheel so I can go frame by frame and really, really calculate all the motion that's going on on screen. Um, but as yeah, far the, as dialogue editing, I haven't worked it into my, my flow yet. Yeah. I'm sure the jog wheel works best on the videos that you guys do. And I've seen, cause again, I'm a fan. I watch Marquez's stuff on the main channel and whatever other people he has on the main channel with him. I watch all the stuff on the studio since you guys launched the studio channel, which I'm like the studio. Hmm. I wonder <laughs> where they got that. I, I know it's fine. It's no big deal, whatever, you know, but it's like, I've seen some of the behind the scenes stuff of what you guys do with the video. I'm like, Oh my God, that's a, like, yeah, the jog wheel probably works better on visual than, than audio. mostly. Yeah. That's where I find use for it, but I'm still looking for, for how to work it into my dialogue flow, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of all this, you know, fancy stuff as a producer, do you feel you need a mixing board and all the fancy stuff that would essentially be found at a radio station, or are you good with a great microphone and headphone setup? Um, I actually have uh, an, a take on this that I don't know how many people would agree with, but I stand by it. Okay. And that's that you don't need a great microphone or great headphones. The most important thing to recording good audio is actually the room you're in. Um, 
it's the room you're in and it's it's where you put the microphone in the room and it's how far away you are from the microphone. Playing with those three variables can get you so much farther than than buying a new mic can. And it's it's really hard for me to explain this. You know, when people reach out to me and they say, what mic should I buy? What headphones should I buy? I usually say, whatever mic and headphones you have and, and get really good at, at placing those. And one of my favorite lessons to teach when I was... Um, you know, when I was teaching audio at the University for the Arts in Philadelphia was we would, you know, we had these really nice recording studios there, these acoustically treated, not just acoustically treated rooms, but rooms that were architecturally designed from the ground up to sound really good, right? Right. And we would fly a $4,000 mic and a $400 mic. And we would shoot them out against each other. And over our, overwhelmingly, it was very clear to my students that when you're when you have them placed correctly in a good room the difference between them is very 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 small it's very small um so as far as fancy stuff okay that being said my editing setup is totally pimped out right now um and it makes me edit at like a whirlwind pace i i have a lg dual up giant square monitor on my left and a studio apple studio display on my right and i have like a full like it's sort of like a stream deck it's called the monogram creator setup it's just a bunch of macro buttons that i have custom mapped to all my stuff yeah um i have like a super deep intense expensive <laughs> workflow for my editing <laughs> but as far as recording yeah man like um you know you can do you can get so far with a mic that costs 150 dollars you know, you really, really. Oh can. yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't. Like I said, it like. And there, there are times where you know some people would be like, like the. I think the mixing stuff again. You guys do this podcast in person and all that. I, I think that's probably where mixers would probably come in is like to make sure it's you know all the audios correct and everything else and that kind of stuff. If you're there in person with waveform, um, if. Uh, I hope I'm not getting too technical for anyone, but um, with waveform, you know, we have the roadcaster. So we have faders. We have like right. a little mixing board for everyone's mics, but I have those faders um, bypassing the recorder. So, mm -hmm. so even if I turn someone's mic up in the middle of the podcast or turn it down in the middle of po the podcast, that is not reflected in the actual recording. That is just for what people hear in their headphones. Oh, um, nice day of yeah. I, so um, so I try to keep it as pure as possible, entering the the recorder and and I'm just making people more comfortable in the the studio. Um, there's a guy named Al Schmidt who passed away last year, maybe this year. Um, and Al Schmidt was is one of the most famous recording engineers ever, um, and he's most famous for recording Frank Sinatra. He was like Frank Sinatra's go to guy. And for a lot of those early Frank Sinatra recordings, man, like 50s and 60s stuff, there's no compression and no EQ on it. Seriously. Yeah. It's just straight into the mic. And it's because if you know how to if you know how to wield a microphone, the microphone will do a lot of the work, you know, especially if it's a nice mic. But but yeah. Absolutely. As a producer, how much time do you put in the editing of the podcast or of the show or whatever? Um, you want me to address that sort of generally or for waveform specifically? 
I mean, you can do it for waveform specifically, but you can do also do it generally too. Whatever you want to do. You know, honestly, the 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 perfect answer that I could give to that is as much time as it needs. Right. And the real answer is as much time as I have. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a set amount of hours or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a constant battle of how much time would it take to make this as perfect as can be? How much time do I actually have? Where's the compromise to where I'm still delivering AAA quality stuff? You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, usually, depending on the time of the actual recording, I people have told me and I, and I agree. And I, I will say this as well is more so like if your show's an hour and a half or if your show's two hours, you're usually putting in two and a half, three hours of editing time. Yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah. It's, it's usually about double of what the actual show is going to be because right, you have yeah. to go in and you have to make sure everybody's leveled. You have to make sure, you know, there are no background sounds. You have to make sure no cats are screeching or no dogs yep. are barking or no helicopters are flying over. Invisible helicopters are flying overhead, you know, out it, there in LA. If I had to, uh, you know, give a piece of advice to anyone who is just starting to edit podcasts for the first time and try to figure it out. And this was a piece of advice given to me by an engineer named Alex Santilli, who is like one of the most brilliant mastering engineers in the country, I think. He told me once that um, if you find yourself adjusting someone's track level by like you're going up a decibel and then back down a decibel and then back up a decibel and you're making all these like little tiny adjustments like that, it means you're not using enough compression. Um, and, uh, and you can save yourself a lot of time by using a compressor in really smart ways. I edited a podcast once. Um, it was, it was a live talk that was getting turned into an episode of a podcast. So it was two speakers on a stage in front of an audience. Right. And only one of the speakers microphones was on. Oh no. Yeah. And so I got one person sounded bright and full and clear, right? And then the other person was just getting picked up in the first person's microphone. And it was an hour and a half talk. And Dang. and so I sat there staring at these audio files and I thought to myself, I could either spend all of my time for the next week making little tiny cuts and bringing up this person's level and crossfading and going insane, trying to make this even, or I could not. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I ended up getting it sounding really good with just five compressors, five compressors in series was enough to like even out these two people's voices to the point where they're the same volume. Um, That's amazing. It took a lot of balancing and a lot of really tiny adjustment, but it was still way less time than, going through this hour and a half recording and, and boosting up the volume every time this person opened their mouth. Yeah. So yeah, get good at compression. If that's, that's my advice. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So as a producer, do you prefer in-person recordings or stuff like this over the internet? As a producer, I generally prefer in-person recordings because it means I get to put my dirty little mitts all over everything. <laughs> I, I've gotten pretty good at, you know, rolling with the punches and dealing with what people send me. Um, but yeah, if I can set up a mic in the exact place that I want it, mm-hmm. um, 
I know how much time that'll save me on the back end. And so I'll always prefer that as a producer. Yeah. The funny thing is, and I, the one thing I don't understand about in-person recordings, and I'm just going to use waveform as an example. Sure. Because like I said, I use, I, I don't use, I don't use, I watched, watched, I watched the clips mm-hmm. and I'm like, they're all, you guys are all sitting there, whether it's you and, and Adam or you and, and whoever, whether it's Andrew and Marquez or if they have a guest or whatever, you all have headphones on and you all are talking. My thing is you're all in the same room. Like, what are you hearing in the headphones that you're not hearing outside of, like, if you took the headphones off, essentially, like, mm-hmm. I don't, I've never understood what is heard in the headphones as somebody is talking, even in radio. I, I don't get it. That's a great question. It's, um, it's, uh, to me, no, no, I can speak for everybody here. It's, it's about, um, hearing how the mic is picking you up. A, so you can keep track of how loud you're speaking and making sure you're in it speaking at a consistent volume. But okay. I, I, have you ever heard of this thing called the proximity effect? Yeah. So also keeping track of the proximity effect. So if I were to get really close to the microphone, it's going to get all like bassy like this. You could really hear the bass in my voice, even yeah. though I'm talking like really quietly. And then if I get really far away from the microphone, you know, all that bass kind of goes away. And the same thing happens if I rotate the microphone. Yep. So now I'm spot talking into the side of it. You're going to lose a lot of the, the lower frequencies. Yeah. Um, so using the headphones is almost like an audio reference of okay. what's happening in the mic, I think is what most people are going for. So, so yeah. just again, as an example, if Marquez is saying something to David and Andrew, he's hearing himself. That's correct. Yeah, everyone is hearing themselves as well as everyone else. And then actually, you know, the other reason for the headphones is um, we use the soundboard on the Rodecaster. If someone gets a trivia question correct, I'll play the correct sound. And I don't want to set up a speaker in the room because then that'll go through everyone's mics. Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm, I'm an over the internet podcaster. I have been for 14 years. So that's why I'm asking you these questions about this because I don't know, like, that would freak me out. <laughs> no, totally. It's a, it's a great question. Um, are you, so can you hear yourself in your own headphones right now? No, I hear you. Oh, that is so interesting. Cause I have it set up where I can hear myself and I would feel so freaked out if I didn't know what I sounded like right now. <laughs> I am so taking Mr. Deep voice Ellis out of context later. <laughs> <laughs> you totally have to, you totally should. <laughs> That's, that's like the classic and, and, and that's the classic NPR sound too is, yeah. is on those NPR recordings they they get so close to the mic and it I think that's like part of the vibe is like feeling like you're getting this real intimate um thing because our ears kind of work that way too a little bit too so it actually feels like the speaker is physically closer to you when you listen like that yeah so I know you guys only have waveform but mm-hmm. if if MKBHD as a as a company had multiple podcasts. As a listener and producer, would you prefer one feed have everything, or should each type of show have its own feed? Uh, you know, that's that's above my pay grade. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, <laughs> for me, it's one of those things where, as a listener and a producer, I fully believe each thing should have its own 
feed. If you're doing like, okay, if you're going to do one about tech, if you're going to do one about movies, if you're going to do one, but and it's all so different from each other. Like, you know, no one's going to have you put a full on episode by episode review series of He-Man and She-Ra or whatever, like, and then put Transformers after that. That's strange. That's don't, don't do that. Just have it, have it all on different feeds. Like, yeah. One podcast you know, at a time, folks. Don't try to be me. That's definitely one of those things that I love that I don't have to think about. <laughs> that I that I can <laughs> I go. can I can just make content and uh and people way, way, way smarter than me get to make those decisions. <laughs> what is your favorite topic to discuss on a podcast? Um if I'm opening my mouth and gabbing, uh I love I love talking about audio. I I just love it. Um, teaching, you know, uh, I I loved teaching audio. I'm very happy with my current job. I feel like when I'm old, I want to go back to teaching. Um, like when I'm like an old man and I can just sort of like wax poetic about sound. Um, but Back yeah, anytime in my I get to day when it was on Skype, we were in horrible hell. It, exactly. Oh my god! Or <laughs> what? Really, honestly, Mike, what it's going to be is back in my day before we had all this fancy computational bullshit. <laughs> we had discrete data streams instead of this Dolby Atmos crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that's my favorite thing. I also love doing the trivia on the show um that is like i i love trivia i love doing bar trivia um so uh yeah i think that's my favorite those are my favorite times to open my mouth on the on the show <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and that sound round was probably the best trivia i've heard in years <laughs> oh thank you thank you i i can't wait to figure out how to top it honestly um because we definitely want to do another sound round and mm -hmm. it's like how how do we raise the the stakes if you have any ideas for sounds to quiz uh quiz the boys on definitely let me know because because now that we've we've used all most of the famous startup sounds like i'm thinking we'll do like maybe ringtones or notifications or themes like i don't know um but whatever yeah. we do it has to be better <laughs> yeah I think ringtones could work. I think I think sound effects could work. I think so too. You know, and also like, yeah, I, th I think so too. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that thought. <laughs> <laughs> See, it happens to the best of us. Exactly. Yeah. But like, for me, like everyone should know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> Like everybody in the oh, world. That's and I, so good. And I'm I'm gonna turn my phone up a little so it's gonna be a little bit louder, so I'll hold my phone away from the microphone. Ugh. Like like it's classic. Yeah, exactly. Like sound effects like that. Sound like the um the 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 whirly sound effect that, that uh, Crash Bandicoot used to do or whatever, you know, like but like those kind of sound effects. Like that's yeah. my text alert. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, I needed the sound of a spring. Um, okay. And, and what does a spring sound like? It goes boing, right? Yep. And I was going through just tons of sound effects of springs. 
so many. You you had no idea how many people have recorded the sound of a spring, and none of them were boingy enough. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I need the boingiest spring. And that's when I realized um, the sound in my head wasn't actually the sound of a spring. It was a sound of that – you ever heard of a jaw harp? It's that thing you put in your teeth and you – Yes. Um, oh. I was ow. like, oh my gosh. I, oh. Now, yeah, <laughs> just thinking about, it. but yeah, it was like yeah. it was a real wake up, you know, a reminder moment for me that what things sound like and what they feel like they sound like are often very different things. Or here's another classic one: you know what an eagle sounds like? Yep, like a bald eagle, like yep. right? <laughs> yeah, that's not an eagle. That's just straight up not what an eagle sounds like. Yeah, that's the sound of a hawk. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, that's not joking. That's that's straight up the sound a hawk makes. Eagles sound much more like chickens in real life. Um, but if you were making a movie like Top Gun and you need a badass eagle sound, you're sure as hell not going to have this like valiant bird sounding like a chicken, you know? And it's to the point where now if you were to have an eagle on screen and it made a real eagle noise, audience members would be like, that feels wrong because it's not what an eagle feels like, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, boy. But but yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the spring sound effect because my buddy uh, Wes he owns uh, owns and operates uh, a, a Funko Pop store in Nashville, Tennessee called Poppin' Off Toys, <laughs> and part of their logo is it's a P with the spring under it. So sure. I had him record an audio ad because how I usually you know pay people back for being on the show or doing whatever for me or whatever. It's like. Make me an ad, I'll throw it in the show. You know, that, you oh, know, that kind yeah. of thing. So that way it's like, you know, it, it's, it's easy promotion. Like, I'll, I'll promote whatever. And I had him make one up. I went through 35 different spring noises. I picked out the top three. And he picked out the very first one that I initially <laughs> got. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's it. That, that's there the sound. Go, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. Were they boingy enough? Did you get a solid boing out of them? Oh, yeah. It's a very good boing. Okay, sweet. I'll, <laughs> I'll probably play it in here somewhere. I'll send it to you or whatever else. Awesome. Have you – I know Marquez has done several interviews and things like that, but have you been able to do any interviews with, with people? Where I'm interviewing them? Yes. Uh, no. No. Okay. Unfortunately not. Every now and then um, – when we're doing, when we're interviewing someone and maybe that interview isn't actually going to be on camera, mm -hmm. I'll sort of be in the background, instant messaging the interviewer being like a second brain for them. Okay. Um, doing like background research, coming up with questions on the fly, taking right. notes for them. But no, it's never me in the, in the hot seat. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, was there ever a moment, and I know you're not, you haven't been in podcasting so long, but was there mm -hmm. ever a moment where you were just like, ah, I'm done with this? Not yet. Uh, thank <laughs> God. Um, yes. Thank God. Not yet. Yes. I've definitely, I've produced shows that I feel like I've outgrown and it's time for me to move on to something else. Right. Yeah. But no, I definitely, as a medium, I feel like, uh, I feel very fortunate because I feel like to an extent, I'm almost like participating in the golden age of this thing. Just because everyone listens to podcasts right now. Everyone yep. does. And especially now that people are going back to work and they're commuting more, people are listening to them more than ever. And uh, yeah, very, very lucky. Don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon. 
Good. Uh, (laughs) So you mentioned several pieces of advice earlier, but what advice would you give to new and veteran podcasters in the art of podcasting? Oh, great question. Um, Don't talk over each other, which sounds easier than it actually is. Um, Don't say um. (laughs) Yeah, right. Don't say um, or hire a good editor who can deal with that for you. Um, there it goes again. I, yeah, I feel like most of my advice would be in the audio realm of things. And yeah. my biggest advice would be feel like you know how to use a microphone like a professional chef knows how to use their knives. Um, like really feel like you understand everything about how a microphone works and and how to deal with it. And, uh, um, and from there, so much is going to fall into place. Also, um, I guess, uh, I hope this doesn't confuse people. You need less EQ than you think you do. Just across the board, you just need less EQ than you think you do. If you're, I guess, I, you know how they say, like, uh, learn the rules and then break them or whatever it is yep. that people say? Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of mad about this. So, for example, like, um, on the waveform show, I'm generally not making EQ cuts larger than three decibels. Um, if I'm making an EQ cut that is even three decibels, that's like extreme for me. Okay. Except on the producer mic, because the producer mic is facing a wall. And um, and it's a wall that's exactly parallel with the mic. And so we get this big bump around 600 even though we're using the same mic as as uh, on the table, um, we there's so much more 600. And so I find myself regularly making a six decibel cut at around 600 for the producer mic, maybe five, 500, 600. Um, so there I am not following my own advice, but that's like, that's a single cut I'm making, you know? Um, yeah, so use less EQ than you think you need. That's awesome. Very cool, very cool. So- Final question. Oh, man. Where, already? Where, yeah, already. Where can the people find your show? <laughs> oh, okay. So you can listen to Waveform with Marquez Bramley. Um, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to it on YouTube. We publish clips to all social media platforms. Um, it's, it's really not that hard to find. Uh, if you are interested in dance... Um, I guess I don't work for the show anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I produced my last episode for them in December, but um, I spent a long time producing a show called, uh, called pillow voices. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's called pillow voices. Um, I'm really proud of that work. So talk about it. Like, tell me about like, cause well, that, that was I the archival I, show. Right. Yeah. Right. But like when I, right before we started doing this, you know, we, we you were kind of telling me about it and I, I was like, how can they do, and I don't even know if it's in, in the record. I don't think it's in this episode, but like, I'm like, how can they do a audio podcast about dance? What is it? What is it? Just tap, 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 tap. So, tap. Uh, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So okay. um, in the turn of the century and like, or not the turn of the century, like 1920s, let's say there were these two dancers named Ted Sean and oh my gosh. 
I'm so embarrassed that I can't remember the other woman's name. Oops, this is so embarrassing. Um, anyway, so Ted Sean is the important person here. So Ted Sean um, was sort of a founding figure in American modern dance, and he was uh, he was he was gay, but I don't know if he maybe ever would have ad- admitted it. Um, and I don't, you know, it, it was a different time, right? And um, and in the 30s, when the depression hit. He bought this farm in Beckett, Massachusetts, in in the Berkshires, and took and started America's first all male dance company. Because this is at a time where dancers were almost exclusively women, um, and and men dancing was kind of really frowned upon. Um, and he started so he started America's first all male dance company and he moved them out to this farm and he started this sort of like dance commune where during the summers they would wake up and spend the first half of the day working the farm and then the second half of the day rehearsing dance and then in the winter when the farm was shut down they would tour the country performing and this farm over time turned into a dance school and also a dance festival and became almost like this dance mecca in America, where a lot of America's most famous dance minds came to work. Um, and over time, they started collecting all this really brilliant material. Um, and they started a dance archive led by this guy, uh, Norton Owen, who's a national treasure. And... Um, so I worked with Norton and I worked with Jen Edwards, the woman who pulled me out of college and, and got me into podcasting. And um, and we started bringing these materials to life um, that were that were hidden in this archive. And it's it's just brilliant artists talking about brilliant things. I think we have like 45 episodes, 46 episodes. I say we, I, again, I, I, I no longer work on the show. Um, but I'm really, yeah, I was really proud of that. It was, it was one of the first gigs I ever got. And, um, and I wrote pretty much all the music that's in the show. There's a few things by Bach here and there that I did not write, but yeah. Uh, so definitely go check that out. If you're interested in the fine arts and dance, if you're not, you will probably find it very boring. Um, other than that waveform of Marquez Bramley is a riveting show. We just finished a full game show episode, which was so much fun. Yeah, that's where you'll find my stuff. You know, it's funny. This is like totally off topic um, uh-huh. because it's, you know, we've been talking about podcasts this whole time. But uh-huh. I also, uh, my other side gig is I do like light shows and stuff at nightclubs. Oh, very <laughs> like, cool. Like totally separate from all the music stuff. So if you're ever at a club in Philadelphia or New York, maybe I'll be there doing the lights. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Do okay. you have a trivia question that I can use before we go to the next break. <laughs> Did you, do you want like, is there a, do you want it to be like an audio question or a, or a sure, podcasting what, question? Or yeah, whatever, question? You wanna, oh my God. whatever you want to do. Oh my God, I definitely do. In the famous Beatles recording, I saw her standing there. How many tracks were in the original session? Well, folks, we'll find out right after this. 
For over six years, my guests and I have been discussing the soundtracks to our lives. I'm Jesse Jackson, and I've had hundreds of fans from around the world share their stories about the power and magic of all kinds of music. If you enjoy stories about joy, redemption, trials, and ultimately triumph, then please check out Set Lusting Bruce, a Bruce Springsteen fan podcast. Remember, there is magic in the night. Hi, I'm Terry Smith, the host of Music Talks, the podcast where I ask guests a simple but beguiling question. Choose a song from each decade of your life and tell me why these songs mean so much to you. Guests and listeners love this format. And if you want to find out why, then take a listen at musictalkspod.buzzsprout.com or use your favorite podcast app. Just search on Music Talks Terry Smith. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and... Then send me a tweet at Music Talks Pod. I look forward to doing some music talking soon. Do you know John Hyatt's songs? Maybe you know them from being covered by Roseanne Cash, Three Dog Night, The Neville Brothers, Emmylou Harris, Eric Clapton, BB King, Jeff Healy, Bonnie Raitt, or literally hundreds of others. Maybe you have some of his albums on your shelf or in your cow-horned Cadillac right now. I'm Jesse Jackson. And I'm Sylvan Groff. And we're going to dive in from A to Z. Join us on the Perfectly Good Podcast. We're going to discuss all of your favorites and uncover some forgotten gems from Aces Up Your Sleeve to Zero House. Rate and debate every John Hyatt song on the Perfectly Good Podcast. Have, have a, a little, little faith. faith. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm the host of the Rock Nerd Radio Show, which airs live on HudsonRiverRadio.com every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It also gets backed up as a podcast, which you can find on your preferred podcasting platform. Every week on my show, I talk about all kinds of pop culture. I talk about music. I talk about movies, TV, comics, collectibles, and so much more. I also feature a guest on my show periodically, which you might enjoy. I have a couple of special segments of my, on my show, one called The Cover Song of the Week and My Favorite Thing in the World This Week. If you think this sounds cool, check it out sometime. I hope you do. All right, we are back here on Studio 2009's podcast, Approach with Ellis Rovin. And... Yeah, outside of Yellow Submarine and Paperback Writer uh, and a few others, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan in the world, so I have no idea how many tracks were used. <laughs> so I believe that was still in the Beatles two-track days. Hopefully, if I'm wrong, someone will correct me, but I'm I'm almost positive that that was done back in the day where you had a rhythm track and a vocal track, and that was all you got. Um, oh, wow. And also remember, there's there isn't really like overdubbing in the same right. way back then. So yeah. if you messed up a take, you just, you had to start all over. Um, and if you want to go, you know, even further down Beatles trivia, uh, there's a traditional British folk song that dates back all the way to the middle ages um, called, 
uh, as I rove out. That's what it's called. And, um, and that is actually what the song I saw her standing on. I st- saw her standing there was based on. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Ellis, thank you so much for joining me. This was a blast as I knew it oh, would be. This was awesome. Yeah, this is so fun. Tell your friends. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. So I've got a standard outro, as everyone knows. Thank you for joining us here inside Studio 2009. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send us email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can check us out on any podcatching client you choose to use. You can follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the network at It's ITS Studio 2009, all one word for the show. I am at TFG and Mike. Would you like to give out your Twitter? Yeah, I'm at Ellis Rovin, at E-L-L-I-S-R-O-V-I-N. I don't have very many followers, so if you follow me, you'll be one of the select few. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm probably going to cut that out and put in Homer Simpson. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. You can also check out Studio 2009 podcast over there as well. Join us next time when we're either going to be talking about TV because we didn't, we haven't done a lot of TV on the, on the show. We've done a lot of movie stuff and everything else, but we're going to talk about some sort of TV topic or, or something. I have no idea what's going on in the month of January. For now, I am TFG and Mike with. Oh, with Ellis Rovin. You'll hear us back in the studio soon. So also keeping track of the proximity effect. So if I were to get really close to the microphone, it's going to get all like bassy like this. You could really hear the bass in my voice, even though I'm talking like really quietly. Oh, hold on. I'm going to let this helicopter go by. So you don't have to remove it. I can't even hear it. Oh, sweet. Okay, never mind. I love it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. an outtake. Boom. Boom.